Hi, welcome to the Heavenly Kings podcast. Uh, I'm Vicky, also known as at NitroChay underscore on Twitter. I am Colton, otherwise known as SniperKing323 on Twitter, and I also host Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast. I'm Dame Dr. Foxy Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Dame Dr. Foxy B. Okay, and uh, today we're going to go over chapters 296 to 299, and then we'll talk about um, our favorite Heavenly Kings. And yeah. Actually, before that, can I. So since I wasn't on the last podcast, can I go over some just some brief thoughts I had on the last couple of chapters? Yeah, we can do that too. Yeah, I promise I won't go on too long. It's just a few because I um, I for those who don't know, I was uh, I wasn't on the last podcast. I I was kind of out of town, but now I'm back. So yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh, and I I, I recently got a chance to finally catch up with Toriko. I had a lot to catch up on. Uh, yeah, a lot of really fucking awesome shit going on <laughs> every yeah. everything everything from sunny flying with his hair that was pretty crazy uh choo choo chomper is probably the best animal i've ever seen in this entire series like oh my ser- God. seriously fuck sharknado <laughs> well yeah but this is this is helpful <laughs> no choo choo chomper is not only practical but he's just i I'll never be able to get over Choo Choo Chomp. I want, <laughs> oh my a, God. I want a plush. I want a plush of this so bad. You have no idea. Oh my God. That'd actually be cool. Cause then you could like, um, give it pockets and like, it have like connectors on it so you can pull it apart and stuff. Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, just last couple of chapters have just been balls to the wall. Crazy. Yeah. Just so fucking cool. Oh, actually, um, I, I I did have a gripe with one chapter. Um, I forget which one it was. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was whatever chapter where uh, where all the four kings were defending uh, defending everybody from Neo, and every every all f- all f- uh, four of the kings got to do something cool except for Sunny and I or not Sunny uh, Coco. Everybody got to do something cool except for Coco, and I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> I remember what you're talking about now. When it was like right at the chapter when like stuff was happening after Komatsu got annihilated. Yeah, and... yeah. Sunny was flying, and uh, Zebra blew up that snake. Yeah, and then Coco was just like Komatsu and runs over to him and didn't do anything. I mean, I guess someone had to look over Komatsu, but I just I I thought that was. That made me really upset. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Alright. Alright, now now we can get on the current chapters. <laughs> I've said what I needed to say. Alright. <laughs> okay, so um, in 296, we are finally on our way. No, Nana! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma's calling me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're finally on our way to... Area 7, and the kings are just sort of, like, hanging out, talking about the ingredient pair. They're pretty much just speculate what it could be. Yeah. I really hope it's P. Because... <laughs> because of what they say in this chapter. <laughs> or yeah. rather, what, what Kaka says later. Sorry. 
yeah, I've I've seen I've seen theories about what Parrot could be, but I'll I'll save that for when we get to the when we get to that part. Um, they're still talking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tariqa walks in looking like I don't even know. Just looks kind of somber. Kamatsu is stable. Well, yeah, Kamatsu almost died, you know. <laughs> oh well, they put a barrier around him. Sound armor, remote hair, and poison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I understand. Uh, I understand why they have all that protection on him, but I, I thought it was kind of almost cute, just how protective they're being of Kamatsu. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I like this dynamic better. I mean, like, not that Kam- not Kamatsu being like hurt or anything, but like them protecting him without any like, like he's their little sibling or something. <laughs> Yes, it's it's always really cute. I just really like this shot of the shark. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, I forgot they were riding on a rainbow bridge. Like eight million teeth and this big wide smile. <laughs> and like he's making his own sound effects. Just this shark is adorable. Yeah, but then they then they get attacked by giant sea urchins. At least that's what they think they think it's sea urchins. <laughs> It's like, oh no, there are giant stuff falling at us. Oh yeah, that's right, it's pollen. And then the shark sneezes. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a funny three panels. That was cute. <laughs> He's just like looking at it like, what? And then... <laughs> oh, Every, everybody's, uh, everybody's in danger and the choo-choo chomper just continues to be cute. And they realize that they've come to a gigantic island, and there's this huge two-page spread with... I've just noticed that that's a centipede on the tree. Oh, goddamn. And that is horrifying. <laughs> I hate centipedes so much. Because <laughs> that oh, centipede has is much bigger than the shark train. Oh. Yeah. You can see the shark train all at the bottom corner. So tiny. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, at this point, I would be like, the hell with this place. I don't care if it has luxurious, enormous <laughs> grapes that grow from the sky. I am not going to be here with giant centipedes. And there's also a spider on one of the, the trees more in the background. Ilk! Oh my god. <laughs> I just noticed that. Now, if, if I were Toriko, I would probably just leave Komatsu to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's no, there's no way I would set foot on this island ever. Just be like, well, we tried, you know. <laughs> got really close, and then it was us dying or you dying, and we thought that we would have more, more of an impact on the world, so we decided to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would tell him sixty to seventy years from now, when I died, and presumably there's an afterlife where we could have this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I decided it just would be better if I lived a full natural life <laughs> and you didn't. Oh my god. I mean, when they get on the actual island, there's like word boxes everywhere, and then it's like these giant, horrible, horrifying, horrible things just pop up. They don't look anything like regular giant animals like we just saw. They're like nightmare monsters. I like that, like, there's, above that, there's, like, an image for scale, and it's, like, there's a rhinoceros-looking thing. Is it 
creepy bug. And then there's something that looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. So it's just like to say that here is a dinosaur, and now here are these giant monsters. Just so you know how enormous everything is. Yeah, and then we uh, then we get a bunch of uh, uh, narration boxes just explaining how big everything is. And uh, am, am I the only one who didn't understand this statistic? Because it says here that surface area of this, I'm going to assume this entire continent, is 840 million square kilometers. And then they try to compare how big it is by saying, oh, Earth's surface area is 510 million square kilometers, so all of Earth could just fit inside here. Oh yeah, that makes sense, because their Earth is like at least five times bigger than ours, isn't it? or something like that. Well, that, that, that's what confuses me, because aren't they on Earth? Isn't this no. Earth? See, the way, you have to, the way you have to think about it is, there's the human world that they live in, and then this world is like outside of the human world. So mm. what they're saying is their human world, which is roughly the same size as Earth, could fit all on this one continent that they're on. Okay, I see. That makes yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. And then um next page is like a wheel of fortune <laughs> reaction to everybody's like, Oh my god, we've been spotted. I mean I love the zebra <laughs> and the shark are in the same panel. So I hope that means that this shark is gonna be belong to Zebra. I think that would be fantastic. That would make sense. <laughs> Yeah, Zebra really needs to get a mascot character soon. I mean, he's the one who, like, hit it over the head when it was trying to eat them. <laughs> and it was pretty much love at first sight. <laughs> so, yeah, they get spotted, and then suddenly the animals run away. And they're like, okay. And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's this place where you're not free to choose what you prey on. And then um, they explain the rules again. Like, you have to get permission to attack whoever from the king or whoever's on top. Pretty much the most bureaucratic island in Toriko. I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, it's like you don't really get a sense of the like their politics that much in the human world. Then you come here and it's like you need permission to attack people, and they're like, uh, they don't want to kill anything. And of course, like we get a panel of zebra, and he's like, whatever, I'm gonna kill stuff if I want. And then there's a panel that shows like somebody's leg sticking out. <laughs> just a random leg sticking out of a grass as they drive by and then they're like it feels like we've turned into tiny people they feel small for once in their life you know they fight giant things all the time but yeah i mean obviously nothing to this scale yeah so they're, they're talking about um going to this tree to look for clues for pear and coco is like maybe we'll get super lucky and pear will actually be on this tree and they continue talking about how there's no human civilization in this area, like there is in Bewitching Food World. And Coco replies that it's possible that the civilization collapsed a long time ago. And then the, probably that monkey whose leg we saw earlier is now on the train. And he's just a goofy-ass monkey with these testicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking balls hanging out. He's not like he has pants, but... <laughs> Well, he he's a monkey. He should be able, he should be able to let it hang out if he wants to. Yeah, but then he opens his face, <laughs> and he has like fifty million teeth. I like this part because it looked like a horror movie. He's and it was just like, oh my god, this monkey's on a train. It's like, what do we do? And Zebra's like, I'm gonna kill it. 
I mean, he looked like he was getting ready to kill them, so why not? Yeah. So, Zebra oh does laser voice, or whatever. Hits the monkey in the face, blows up half of the trade shark, and then he grabs the monkey by the head, and is like, I don't know what rules you guys have here, but I'm the rules. <laughs> <laughs> then the monkey opens up its face even more. It's like six jaws or something. And he blasts it again and blows its head to pieces. And apparently the monkey was screaming for help. So they're all horrified of what's going to come next. Oh, that's horrible. I already hate monkeys and that's making it worse. Usually I don't care much for Zebra, I'll be honest, but this was this was actually a really great scene. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> well, like, you you could never expect him to listen to any mess about... You're, you have to get permission to do such and such. Like, he never gets permission for anything. Second, a guy who's hanging out in jail. I find it funny for some for someone who has really great hearing how he doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ironic. He has selective hearing. Very selective This is what he wants. So when 297 is just Sonny going, oh, he killed it already. He's, already, he's like, nah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't be? And then... Monkeys are coming. And they're like, we gotta get out of here. Coco tries to tell the shark to get out as soon as possible. But they're already there. And there's like these gorillas with cross-eyed teeth. And then death sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like getting jumped by them. Yeah, Zebra doesn't use death sound too often, does he? I think this is only the second time he's used it. That we've seen him use it, yeah. Hmm. I mean, he probably just reserves it because it might take a lot of energy. Is true, because like, well, he, obviously he's powered up, powered up since the last time. But I remember in the the pyramid, he would, he would run out of power and his voice would go away. So so he probably just doesn't want to use it too much. Cause he runs outside after using death sound, and like the monkeys die, but they can revive themselves if they're that determined. Which is doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Zebra like punches the monkey's head off its body. Yes, it's so funny. <laughs> he just like rips it off. He he doesn't even without... he doesn't even punch it. He just kind of pushes it off its neck. Yep. Just... That's his fucking twirly move and just splats. And it's 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 great. And then he like cracks his his hand and he's just like, "This is a tough bunch." <laughs> oh my god! Yep, because the monkey's head like pops right back out of its neck. Yeah, it grows back. <laughs> you got Moxie, kid. He just keeps going off. And then Coco and Sunny are just like, oh my god, look what we've done. <laughs> we've done. Like, they were the ones who started. And then Tariqa calls the pets. And he starts fighting. And it starts off with this, I guess, crazy salsa monkey thing that does some martial art that I don't remember the name of. But I like how it, it like catches his attack. And then, like, spins it off into the distance. Yeah. That monkey and, was a little shit. <laughs> and he, like, the monkey kicks his side, and then its leg like, explodes. <laughs> and this fox thing with the sword tail and the umbrella, it's just. Oh my god. I, its expression <laughs> is just what is happening here. 
And it has the ribs poking out and like the distended belly from malnutrition. It is just <laughs> out of all the designs, um, this monkey was probably my favorite. He has a fucking sword for a tail. Like <laughs> And he has an umbrella, but I don't know why that's there. It's I don't know. He's just he, he's not even holding it. It's like yeah, <laughs> nestles between his his shoulder and his head. <laughs> like seriously, whatever Shimabu's smoking, I want some. This is really awesome shit. <laughs> That's not even him though. That's the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, some of these are from kids. Okay, then I want whatever they're smoking then. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's interesting because usually they are like one offs, but like sometimes they stay. I don't know about this Medusa monkey though. I like it. <laughs> and then, um, the one that has reached enlightenment. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. All those arms. You can never go wrong with extra arms, I guess. I, I also love the expression on Zebra's face. He's like, oh, he's reached enlightenment up. It means, means you shouldn't fear death. <laughs> he's so excited to just go crazy. Oh my goodness. Let's be honest, this is probably the perfect island for him because he could just go crazy all he wants. Yeah. I mean, it would event- it wouldn't work because the monkeys are going to keep regenerating. So at at some point he's going to get like overwhelmed and killed. Yeah. Um. But there's like this monkey martial arts pyramid that shows like the level of a skill. Um, from the newcomer to the master, and yeah. it talks. Their dialogue box is talking about. The, the monkey dances and so on that they use. And at the very top, of course, is Monkey King Bambino. Yeah, this is otherwise known as informa- more information for the wiki. Yep. Yeah, the whole page is information. And there are four masters and they're the ones that are given permission to basically kill all newcomers. And a bunch of monkeys keep coming and the monkey that Toriko is fighting like farts at him because of course they do. And Coco notes that their capture levels basically change when they take damage. And they're mm. like they're pushing the damage from their bodies outside. And it's like if everyone could do that, this fight is gonna go on forever. Yeah, pretty much just like the four beasts. Yeah. And all of them get on their knees and they turn towards this mountain looking thing in the distance. Which I don't even know what's going on with that. <laughs> Yeah, that was. This is really creepy. It has eyes and an odd gape mouth. It's weird. So they're looking at it and they're like, "Is that one of the eight kings?" And Zebra can't believe his luck because the boss <laughs> is out here already, so he could just kill it. And then like this, it's like a compartment in the ground falls away, and this um, plant comes up that looks like it's from Super Mario Brothers, which is the best. <laughs> And all of the monkeys look at it, and they're like, oh, shit. And then the ground on both sides of them splits away and falls. And they feel they get taken over by a much higher gravitational pull. And they're like, we can't move. Oh, no. Um, and the monkeys continue to be bowed before um, this mountain. And everybody's okay. And they're at this ruined civilization. And this nitro is like, let me show you around this place that only I live. Yeah, but this 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 two page spread is actually really beautiful. Like, I I, I kind of like the uh, 
the architecture of this of these uh, ruins. Yeah, I like the um the stuff that's back in the mountains and whatever, and like all the stairs and the pillars and stuff like that. Like immediately when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is like the pyramid. So of course there's gonna be a nitro here. And then next chapter, I can get to it. Yeah, we get introduced to a new to a new nitro. One of the most styling nitros we've seen so far. Yeah. Totally. And uh, she's just kind of showing them around. She got a head wrap and some kind of skirt thing that <laughs> going on. Like a nice scarf. Yeah. I like how she's holding on to this plant like she don't even care. <laughs> I know, it's like she could drop it or something. <laughs> Especially given how she explains the plant later. It's just like, you should really... Be more careful with that. Put it in a real bag, like cover it. So like Trigo's like a nitro, like, he looks horrified, but <laughs> she's nice, so it's okay. And she says that nobody's living there, but this was a kingdom that was created by human slaves. And this is what's left of that civilization. Sunny is concerned that they're following a nitro, which is a fair concern, except where else are we gonna go? Yeah. And Toriko replies that this Nitro is clearly the one that saved them from the monkeys. Coco mentions that nobody's here because the civilization was destroyed, presumably by the monkeys. And they walk past this really big um, dining hall. And the Nitro says that this used to be a place where they would have really big banquets every day. And Toriko starts doing that whole creepy I can smell into the past thing. <laughs> And then he sees dead people. Yep, that's just really weird. Just keep walking. (laughs) Is that one guy offers him a drink? Yes. No, they're no, they're dead. That's not. (laughs) At least he's like surprised by it and not like, oh, okay, like. Because he didn't reach for the drink. That would have been strange. (laughs) I think that would have actually been pretty funny if he reached for the drink and he's just drinking an invisible cup. It's not even there. Everybody just kind of looks at looks at him weird. Oh my god. I'm just mad the guy offered him a drink. Like, I'm just really hoping he was just standing where someone was. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's what actually happened. Like, there was a person <laughs> Otherwise, there. there's too many things going on to have ghosts involved now. So, the, the Nitro takes them into the, the drawing room where the chiefs would greet guests. And there are the drawings on the wall that are similar to the, the drawings that were in the pyramids. And, I don't know, Zebra's all stone-faced. <laughs> yeah. He really just so, don't care. <laughs> there's really huge tables and chairs because sometimes they were gigantic guests. And she takes them to a spot where she can offer them drink. And she says, my name is Kaka. I'm friends with Chi-Chi because, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that there were taste hermits among the Nitro. Three to be exact. Um... It's her, Chi-Chi, and Gigi, which I assume is an old man. Yeah. Uh, and she says, at one point, we were the gold, silver, and bronze chefs. We would spend all of our time devoting ourselves to researching cooking. Like, we can't, uh, they can't believe that he was anybody important. He's <laughs> <laughs> just thought he's some weirdo pervert. And Torque is like, oh yeah, when he introduced himself, he did say taste hermit. We just didn't care. <laughs> and apparently they've been leaving 
their recipes all over the world because they like to draw on walls. <laughs> and they've left um, instructions on how to prepare ingredients that take extra work. And that's when Toriko makes the connection that that was the stuff in the book that Komatsu was reading. And he, he asked Zebra for confirmation and Zebra's like, man, I was not paying attention. I couldn't tell you. But I do remember there was a Nitro there who ran away. And Kaka says, that was me. Uh, Komatsu woke me up from cryptobiosis. And she basically says that when they enter this, I don't know, crypto sleep or whatever, they can't wake themselves up. And some people basically end up getting killed in that situation. So Komatsu having woken her up basically saved her life and she needed to leave so she couldn't say thank you so basically saving their lives is the thank you and Coco I guess wasn't listening this whole time he was probably just thinking like wait a second none of this makes sense <laughs> if humans made the civilization why would you guys put your recipes on the walls of their buildings that doesn't make any sense because the humans were slaves to the Nitro, so why would you be helping them out? And she basically says, because a lot of Nitros were also slaves to the other Nitros. And they can't believe that's true. And she says that there are Nitros that get their vocal cords crushed and can only gather ingredients for everyone else. And she says those are the red Nitro that mm. they've encountered before. And they said the, civil the civilization that they're in was one where humans, monkeys, apparently, and Nitro, and then other intelligent creatures from the gourmet world. This is like the monster people that live in um, the town they just came from. Yeah. And they said, you know, why did this crumble? And clearly, it was because of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> she was about to say it, and then Komatsu starts dying some more. I hate it when that happens. Yep. Don't you always? Then they stabilize him. And Coco says that at this rate, he's going to die in a week. Or rather that it's going to run out. The medicine that they have will run out in a week. Not that he's going to die. So Kaka says that Pear takes top priority. And she knows how to get it. And she's a method that the Blue Nitro don't know. And it's going to be a difficult journey. And they can't really bring Komatsu. And it's like, I'll tell you how to get it. But... I'll watch Komatsu here. And they're like, nah, stranger bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know you like that. <laughs> this is where I got really mad. I was just like, I understand their concern, but when she goes and explains the mountain, and they're still like, we're going to take them. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, considering their conditions of their journey, Komatsu's not really safe anywhere that he goes. Yeah. I mean, but that's making it worse. This is like super gravity up on this mountain. Yeah. Plus lava. Even the oxygen thing isn't that bad because he has the oxygen leaf and they probably have some for themselves. But like the gravity thing is not going to do him any good. Like what if the, what if the heart collapses or something or they get hurt and the barrier falls or whatever. I'm just like, that's fine and dandy, but... This is like Death Mountain times 100. And then she says that the pear is a part of the Monkey King's body. And they're like, oh, we were hoping to sneak up there and get it without this guy knowing. 
They're so dumb. Now we obviously have to fight him. And she's like, knowing all of this, are you still going to take Kamatsu with you? Hell yeah. Toriko's like, yes, because I'm going to introduce him, I guess, to the Monkey King as the best chef there is. And I'm like, the Monkey King doesn't want to have an audience with you people. If he did, he would send for you because he has to know you're there. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll put in a good word for him. That'll keep him safe. Yeah. That's going to stop the Monkey King from not murdering us. <laughs> and, like, everybody in the background is like, yeah. And then Kaga's, like, sighing because see a little puff come out of her. These people. Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm even trying. They're all going to die, and I'm going to be on this mountain by myself with a <laughs> monkey. Yeah, so I've seen, um, I've seen fans going around saying stuff like, oh, Pear's probably a part of his testicles or something. <laughs> and just stupid stuff like that. And I'm like, well, that could that's really stupid, but that could actually happen. I mean, seeing as the, the cola was the Sphinx Griffin thing's tears, um, it's probably like his blood. Yeah. It's probably something gross. I don't think it's semen. I think that would be too much. Like, because Kaka would have to go up there and jerk off his monkey, and <laughs> nobody wants to do that. <laughs> so... Because she's all like, I know how to get it, and nobody else does. That just that just leaves questions. Like, first of all, it's like my first question is, are you a veterinarian? If no, <laughs> that then means that you've been experimenting with sex with this monkey, and that's just really weird. Like, who? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So I'm hoping it's something like blood, or something he has to do all the time, like pee. So you just happened to be there yeah. for some reason, hiding out while dude was relieving himself. <laughs> and then you notice that it's this delicious soup thing or drink I, or I wine, re- whatever. I really hope that never becomes a Jojin. Mm. Well, if, it, if it's semen, it totally will. Just so you know, yeah. there's, there's no way to avoid it if it's semen. I'm sure, I'm sure someone else other than it. us living in japan has probably come up with that idea already i mean if it's if you thought of it someone probably was like yeah let's do this it's probably like <laughs> one or two like dojins of it somewhere in the making yep so ch- chapter 299 she opens up the secret passageway that leads the stairs yeah and they're all like well let's get on this train that's gonna <laughs> climb these stairs <laughs> But first, Toriko asks about the flower, and she's like, this is the secret weapon. A trump card that's gonna protect us. And she says, this is a super dangerous flower. And, like, notice, when he first brought it to her attention, she was holding it with two fingers. (laughs) And she's like, super dangerous flower. If we mishandle it, we're all gonna die. Oh, this part is funny to me. (laughs) With the train climbing the stairs? No, it's coming. Okay. So she says, a long time ago, there was this mass extinction event, basically, and that was caused by the flower. Um, It killed more organisms than any other extinction event. And she said, it's really the flower's pollen, to be exact. And, like, there's not even a roof above it. I guess it's just leaves. And so the the shark just, like, powers through the roof and scares the shit out of this ant, who's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> it's like oh no there's a giant ant and she Kaka tells them don't do anything and she just like sticks the plant out of the window her face is so funny and the ant's just like 
holy shit, and runs away. And it's like, Tork is like, what's going on? It's like, this is what's what it deals with the flower. And Zebra remembers that the monkey suddenly looked scared when it popped out of the ground. And she says that the flower has this pollen that carries an antigen that causes a violent allergic reaction. And no matter what kind of animal it is, once it smells the flower, it's going to be affected by this pollen allergy. So Torque was like, what the fuck kind of bullshit is this? A pollen allergy? That's what everyone's scared of? That's what killed off everything? And she's like, it's not a regular pollen allergy. And, like, um, Sunny pokes it. And she's like, no, don't touch the the thorns. And Torque was, like, looking at it, and it, like, spits pollen in his face. And it just immediately... He starts cry sweating from every pore and sneezing and shit. I'm oh, sorry. Because it's just like, he was right in his face. And Sonny's like, what does it do? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sneezing and snot flying out their nose. And I just like, I like how the door, I guess, opens for the, the, the train. And like, all the, their sweat and mucus and tears, like, pour out. And the shark's like, what is going on in there? Is there some kind of weird party or something? Oh, my God. And she hands them this, this super reservoir sea cucumber that has 300 liters of water. And she's like, drink all of it so you can refill yourselves with all the liquid that you've lost. And she says, like, if I didn't have this on me, you all would die. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, you bastard. <laughs> Sonny. What, how was I supposed to know that would happen if I touched it? Oh my god. And she says, like, okay, now you guys all know it's not a regular pollen allergy. It's like, causes all of the body's moisture to leave in a few seconds. And basically, regardless of how big the creature is, it's a 100% fatality rate every time. And she says that this is one they've basically created in a lab. It's not the the kind that naturally occur. And basically, compared to the natural ones, it's a weakling. But um, they can rely on the fact that all of the, the animals here have that genetic memory of the time they were wiped out by these plants. So they're instinctively terrified of it. And then they reach some dandelions. And they're like, yay, let's ride on the dandelions when the wind blows the seeds up into the air. So that's awesome. Yeah, that that was kind of a weird transition. All these, all these animals are instinctively, you know, afraid of this dangerous pollen because they could die. Let's ride on some dandelions. <laughs> that was cool though. Yeah, I'd... it made me think of a bug's life. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, they pass Pot Mountain. And it's got constantly magma in it. And they realize that's a soup in Jiro's full course, and it's a super high class soup. And she says that. 70% of Area 7 is mountains, and it's known as the Mountain Continent. And so it's divided into four areas, and each area is ruled by one of the masters of the monkey martial art from earlier. So they're in the North Mountain area, whose master is Gorotaurus, and yeah. it's one of the four masters that created the rules of the continent, which basically... The masters were given freedom from the Monkey King, and then they came up with all these rules. And they steal all the food, so they could get even higher. 
And as they're riding past, they see this area where the monkeys um, are face down in the earth with their hands up in the air and just blood everywhere. And it, go ahead. Well, I was I was just gonna say this. This almost looks like something out of um, Beelzebub. Yeah, except upside down. <laughs> and they're actually dead. Yeah, because in Beelzebub in the beginning, Oga, the main character, is like delinquent, and he would just punch people's right in the face, and they'd fly into the ceiling and hang from there. So, like, when I saw this, I was like, this is, like, some backwards stuff <laughs> of Beelzebub. Except they're all headless, and they ripped their hearts out. Yeah. Just some pretty gruesome stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess since they regenerate, that's the only way they can kill themselves. Mm. So, the monkeys are all dead, and Toriko recognizes them as the same monkeys that attacked them. Coco confirms that they committed suicide. They weren't killed by someone else. And Sunny is like, they killed themselves because they attacked them without getting permission. Because they were so hungry, they killed themselves before they could be killed by someone else. And there's the the sword monkey with the, the malnourished belly is there. And Torko's like, were you the one that was ordered to kill us? So he pulls out the flower and holds it right next to his penis. <laughs> and it's like, it's a really weird spot to put it, but it's like... I noticed that too. Like, are you still going to carry out the orders that you were given uh, more so than the fact that you're terrified of this plant? And he jumps at him and the plant spits the pollen at the monkey and it immediately starts dying. And he asked for one of the cucumbers. And she's like, wait, wait, we have a limited amount of these. What are you doing? And he's like, there's something wrong with the way this continent works. And I'm going to fix it. And he gives, him the, he gives the monkey the thing to eat. He's like, you're hungry. Here's this big slab of meat thing. Does he just have meat in his pockets? <laughs> ah, me, hey, Luffy does the same thing. Why not? Why can't Tori go? I mean, it makes sense. But it was just, it appeared. <laughs> It's like, if you're hungry, if you're scared, then just run away as fast as you can. Like, there's no... That's not a rule that someone else can decide. You guys are free to choose whatever you want. Like, that's what wild animals should do. So he's like, eat and keep eating. Nobody's going to stop you. So fill your stomach. When we get pear and we save Kamatsu, then everyone can have some of it, like in the old days. And we'll have a feast together again. And now the monkey's crying. And Kaka is like, this is whatever <laughs> the mountain monkey is not happy i assume how do you not hear him roll up on you like that though <laughs> he's a huge mountain thing <laughs> he look he has like a coconut face like it's just holes maybe he's a master of stealth <laughs> <laughs> i mean he does do martial arts but <laughs> yeah how do you evolve into a mountain <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> I don't know what he was eating to get this big. Oh my god. Plenty of rocks. <laughs> then Toriko's like, I'm gonna crush this continent's rules. Yeah. And chapter ends. Yeah, these chapters were pretty neat. A lot of, uh, lot of info dumps, too. Yeah. Yep. Every time I see info dumps, I just sort of like skim through them. And then I'll look it up later. I don't blame you. Yeah, me Because it happens so much. <laughs> Especially when it comes to pages like that uh, monkey martial arts chart or stuff like that I don't usually care about too much. That, again, like I said earlier, that's that's mostly stuff for the wiki. 
Yeah. And then, like, I look for, like, key points that matter, because, like, are they really going to run into, like, the people in between? No. Yeah. They're probably not. <laughs> They're probably going to get beat up. They probably got crushed by this mountain. <laughs> and, like, looking at it, it looks kind of like it has a beard and, like, some kind of garb on. Yeah, there, there's nothing worse than a monkey mountain that knows uh, martial arts. Like, you're, you're already a mountain. You don't need to know martial arts. You could pretty much just sit on all your enemies. This is overkill. Also doesn't help that his capture level is over a thousand, which I think that's the first. Uh, I think that's the first animal with over a thousand capture level that we've seen so far. I think at least on the island. No, yeah, everything's stronger than the horse. Yeah. God, that horse was overkill already. Like I, I can't get over how like things keep getting topped, even though we're, the ridiculousness has capped. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at how ridiculous everything gets and how everything manages to top. Uh, like uh, how all these environments manage to kind of top each other in terms of sheer uh, difficulty, especially when Kaka mentioned that oh the 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 hundred G mountain is is the most dangerous environment in the gourmet world. But then I'm thinking yeah until the next environment that they go to, which is even stronger than that. Yeah, yeah. I just hope they have like enough supplies for this trip, so they're not like dipping into like any oxygen leaves they need for Kamasu or whatever. But I don't know if the oxygen leaf like runs out at all. It probably it's probably good for that just one time use. Yeah, I, I think it lasts a while. I don't I don't remember. Another info thing that I skipped over <laughs> when they were using it for the first time, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I thought these uh, I thought these chapters were pretty okay. Not not a lot really happened. Yeah, but I still feel like they're actually moving along. Like sometimes not much will happen. But yeah. it'll still feel like they really didn't do anything. But they were moving around as they were talking. Yeah. And they met up with one of the four masters, so... Yeah, it looks like, uh, looks like a fight's underway, at least. Yeah. Hopefully it's a team battle instead of just Toriko showing off. Yeah, and hopefully... I mean, uh... it's, it's a mountain-sized guy. I don't know how one of them will be able to pull off that fight alone. Yeah. Yeah, I also hope Coco gets to do something. I'm sure he will. Be better. They definitely have to fight. I wonder if Kaka can fight. I mean, it didn't look like Chi-Chi could. But then again, he's like super old. Yeah, he's, prob- and he's probably past his prime, assumedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, these these Nitro live for like thousands of years, don't they? Yeah. Oh, I was wondering, like, are they blue Nitro or are they red Nitro who didn't have their cords crushed? They're That's probably, like, I'd say they're... Maybe they were blue nitro, um, or maybe their vocal cords weren't crushed because they're chefs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, and they obviously separated themselves from everybody else because of that. Yep. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. Besides, I was so mad last chapter or so when Tariko was like, "Yeah, we're taking him to Death Mountain," and I was just like, "Okay, good job. Um, if he dies, it's your fault." <laughs> but <sighs> given what goes on in this series. It's not really a big deal if they bring him with them. Yeah, because Kamatsu's gonna come back no matter what. There's no way. He's, there's yeah. no way he's gonna die. I mean, if if somehow he gets unraveled from his barrier and his leaves, they could sew him back together or some mess. I don't know. Throw some more fake organs in him. All that. Let's just make him into a cyborg. Kamatsu is not gonna be human by the time the series is done. Oh my god. He's gonna be a zombie cyborg. <laughs> Komatsu bot 5,000. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, I mean, maybe then he'll actually be able to fight and protect himself. 
That'd be wild. Then he could, like, shoot his knife at it, like, his hand or something. Yeah. Oh, didn't we say this last time? <laughs> Where, like, his hand would be, like, kind of like Samus or um, Mega Man, or it's just, like, a giant knife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay, so recent chapters are done. Yeah. I asked people about their favorite king, and people actually responded on Tumblr. So I got four messages. Yeah, I got four messages. No emails, but that's okay. Um, so first person just wrote a short little thing. Their username is uh, Meteor King, and he said, or they said, um, favorite of the four heavenly kings is probably Coco. Yes. Not only for providing some balance to the others' personalities, but it's probably the first time in a manga or really any series where I've seen a poison user as a protagonist. It's an interesting thing to point out. Because I, n- I never noticed that either. Well, that's I've never thought about it like that either. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, let's see. I was afraid nobody was going to say Sunny, but thankfully this person, um, Rachie Bird, submitted like a long post. And I'll just read it. I got into Toriko recently. <clears throat> Within the last five months, actually. I was first introduced via the crossover episode with One Piece. Even if it wasn't an ac- accurate portrayal of the manga, the episode was exactly the advertisement I needed. The universe shown was just so biza- totally bizarre and out there that there was no way I could not check it out. I still live in a haze of disbelief over the fact that Toriko is an actual real thing that actually exists. That said, my favorite king might be Sunny. I owe Sunny. I owe him the entirety of the Toriko series. Because when I say that the crossover episode is what got me into Toriko, what I really mean is Sunny's brief appearance in it. I would not have read Toriko if, they were, if it were not for Sunny's hair. I like long hair on characters, and Sunny's hair has the most fabulous thing I've ever seen in my life. I could not believe it actually existed on a real character. Immediately, I had to know everything about it, so I read Toriko. Even outside of that, I do like Sunny. I like his strange definitions of beauty that usually, but not always, match up with the norm. I like how he offers to be Kamatsu's partner under the assumption that Kamatsu's definitely going to get tired of Toriko eventually. I like the fact that no matter how spoiled and petty he can be, he'll always end up doing the right thing. I like his utterly silly-looking fighting style, and I really like how Tamirod's final death was getting eaten by Sonny's hair. <laughs> I could probably go through this for Coco and Zebra too if I wanted, but no. The thing is, Toriko is honestly the first time I've ever encountered a series where I've liked the entire cast so equally. I'm sorry this turned out to be long. I was like, no, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm really glad for that, because I was like, oh, everybody's going to say Coco, this and that, but yeah. And then the next message was from Everbound Venville. And she said, when I first picked up Toriko, Toriko was actually my favorite of the four kings. Then came Coco's suggestion to going up, of going up the regal mammoth's anus as the living dungeon's safest entrance. With that blunt, unfiltered blurb, Coco was sucked into the hell spiral, <laughs> spiral of being one of my favorite characters of all time. The other would be Rockman X, with whom Coco coincidentally shares both personality traits, loyal, protective... Initially reserved, but more outgoing as the story goes on, and I say you. So, like, they have the same voice actor. Oh my goodness. And then the last one is from Rubik's Cuban. And what they said was, My favorite king would have to be Coco. No matter what situation he's in, he always has a calm disposition most of the time. His powers really set him apart from the other kings as well. Trico, Sunny, and Zebra mainly attack on an exterior level, while Coco can infiltrate the body using his poison to his advantage. I know Sonny can do that kind of thing too with his hair marionette, but Coco's a living encyclopedia of poison. He's got Sonny beat in that department. 
really glad I finally got people to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so many Coco fans. Everybody loves Coco. I honestly thought I was going to be alone on this. Really? Yeah. He's like... No, he showed up as like the teen heartthrob. Everyone's going to love him. Yeah. Girls were all over him. Oh well, yeah, it's just, it's it's so weird. Personally, I've never I've never seen that much love for Coco. Uh, I I always it's actually sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I've I've always comp- comparatively I've always seen more love for Sunny and Zebra. Really? No. Well, yeah. Where do you hang out? <laughs> because what I see usually is Coco, 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 some Zebra, <laughs> Coco and Sunny, Zebra, Zebra, and then that lone person who thinks they love Trico more than me. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> but yeah. It's interesting because I always felt like the main character would be like the most loved. And I don't know if they had a popularity poll recently, but Tariko was number one, I think. Or Coco. And Coco was right behind him. Yeah, usually. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, usually with a lot of um, shonen shows, yeah, the, the main character is obviously going to be the most loved, but that doesn't mean he'll always be the most interesting. Yeah. I have to double check, because I feel like Toriko got second place. No, never mind. That was something else. But yeah. I usually, like, online with English-speaking um, fans, and with, like, the Korean fans that I follow on Twitter, they love Coco. Everybody loves Coco. <laughs> that that yeah. Part of that could also be how much screen time Coco really gets compared to the other four kings. Because personally, I feel like Coco doesn't really get enough screen time. Well... Zebra got like he gets the least because he they hype him up a lot and whatever, but they don't show his face. You don't know his true personality. They're just like, yeah, Zebra got arrested. Yeah, he's still in jail, and then like we finally meet him like a hundred or so chapters later. And then with Coco, he's he comes back a few times. Him and Sunny might be a little even with their screen time. Really, I always thought Sunny got the um, more screen time than Coco. Really. I mean, I've probably lately, um, before they came here, but other than that, it, it's been pretty even. Mm. Yeah. I know that, um, they went on, how many trips they go with, no, Trico's been on more, like, I call them dates with <laughs> Sonny than with anybody else. He really has. In that respect, Sonny has more screen time than Coco, but yeah. So yeah. I mean, in the vein of Coco-ness, you can talk about Coco now. <laughs> oh, finally. been waiting for this day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I've, I've always loved Coco, uh, mostly because, um, not, not just because of his powers, though I do think, compared to the other four kings, I think his powers are the most unique. And um, in my opinion, he seems to be able to do a lot more with them, uh, like with poison armor and Poison Sword, which are probably both the coolest techniques I've ever seen in any manga. Um, I, I like especially how he uses it in the... Because I, I remember watching uh, the uh, Gourmet Casino uh, in the anime, and I, I remember there was this, there's, there's this one little filler scene where a live bearer actually tries to attack Coco, and he uses the Poison Armor to cut him down, and I always thought that was actually a really cool scene, especially for the anime. Uh, that, that was one of the few times I ever really fanboyed over to- um, Coco. But yeah. Um, I w- yeah. Again, his, his powers have always been the most interesting to me. And in terms of his interaction with the Four Kings, I've always thought, um, I've always thought his interaction with the Four Kings was always, uh, was, was always kind of nice, mostly because of his personality and how calm and cool he is compared to everybody else. Everyone else is sort of high maintenance. 
Whereas Coco's just kind of like, no, guys, chill. Let me let me let me uh, let me explain all this stuff here. Let me let me just pour out all my knowledge here. He's pretty much he's kind of sort of another info dump character, but he usually has a lot of interesting things to say. Um, I I wish he, I mean I don't know personally I don't feel like Coco has enough fights. I think his I think his fight against uh, Live Bearer, in terms of the uh, the the memory the actual uh, memory card game that they had in the Gourmet Casino was probably one of his best fights. Because we really got to see how smart and intelligent Coco was. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I, I, I like him so much because he's so much smarter and so much... He comes off as more intelligent than the rest of the Four Kings. But that's not really saying much. Because the rest of the Four Kings are actually pretty smart. Especially Toriko. They just don't show yeah. it. They just don't show, uh, show it as much as Coco does. Yeah. I know there's, um, there's like little info things at the end of the manga. In the beginning. Like the first um couple volumes and they show like Tariko like their stats so like Tariko's second smartest I think and Sunny's the dumbest I think I'm not that surprised yeah I have to double check though I mean Zebra Zebra's just rash I think yeah Zebra's more reckless if anything he's not exactly stupid yeah um actually um last thing I wanted to bring up with Coco was that um other than Toriko, I feel like Coco is uh, one of the only four kings that we get any hint of his personal past. Because uh, I, or at the very least, I, I, I think other than Toriko, Coco is a more sympathetic character. Because uh, I think we, I, I think we find find out um, in the uh, Devil Python arc or the Puffer Whale arc or whatever about how. Uh, about how his body was such a marvel and how he can hold all these poisons that uh, most scientists were interested in dissecting him and all that. And he went through all these experiments and stuff. So naturally, he's very uh, closed off towards people. He's not very trusting. And I thought that was actually, I thought that was actually kind of heartbreaking. And I, I kind of liked his um, interactions with Komatsu um, and Komatsu kind of opening him up uh, during that arc, I always thought that was kind of heartwarming, actually. Yeah, I agree, because um, when I was first reading it, I think the beginning part, I mean, usually beginnings are kind of dry. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But once it got to, like, Coco, I was like, oh, things are starting. This guy looks like an assassin, and he's poisonous, and all this other stuff. And then, like, well, he was actually my favorite when I first started reading it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he's so hot, like, blah, 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 like, that regular <laughs> stuff. But then, like, he has, he has cool powers, and he changes color. So in the manga, he looks like he's brown, and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and then like the whole thing with Komatsu was just really cute and nice to see, because it's just like these these big guys who like you would think they're tough or whatever, but Coco's very like he's pretty sensitive because of his past. And then like it sucks because like you don't get to like in general you don't get much about the king's history, but then. You do know things like, oh, he was, they did tests on him, and there's so much, like, a lot of people just draw fan art of him as a kid with, like, bandages, or in, like, um, a hospital gown, <clears throat> and it just looks really, really sad, and he's just, like, in the corner by himself. And, like, he only has Tariko, it seems like, in the beginning, like, as a friend, even though Tariko annoys the hell out of him. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I don't know if I could actually handle any any flashback of Coco involving all of his experimentation. I feel like that would really kill me. I feel like the way that <clears throat> the Dora's flashback was with 
each one of them. We'll probably get, like, if we did have one for Coco, it'd be pr- pretty, like, explicit. It, it really would. Enough to make you feel bad <laughs> more than you would have. <laughs> like, like just, just even knowing that about Coco's past, I already feel so sorry for him, but I, I wouldn't be able to handle actually seeing it. It would really break my heart. Yeah. Feel bad. Who, who else is everybody's uh, favorite four kings? Oh, I want to go last because I feel like I'm going to talk too much. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk the least, I guess. So I can go next. Uh, my favorite is actually Zebra. Uh, when I started the series, it was Coco. But at some point, I guess, through... Like, he disappeared in the story for a while. Um, around the same time, Zebra showed up. And, like, here's this guy who cut off half of his face to increase his power. And I'm like, I admire that dedication. (laughs) That you would mutilate yourself. (laughs) And then still have, like, the warden of this prison, for whatever reason, madly in love with you. And just like, this is a guy I can get behind. And then, like, the fact that he doesn't care about rules, about doing things that make sense. He's just the guy that's just like, stand up in front of me let me kill you and we can move on to what we're doing and that happens to be extremely relevant to my interests <laughs> well I mean I, I guess I could admire someone who you know wants to get things done yep but I like how like he's so tough and everything but I can't find anybody who doesn't like Zebra like they'll say oh he's so scary looking and this and that but like everybody loves him I think because he still counts as a good guy, even though he he could easily be bad. Yeah. I think his powers are actually pretty cool, too. Like, I, I know I, I kind of went on about Coco's powers and how they're the most interesting to me. But I think in, in terms of the Four Kings' abilities, I think Zebra's would have to be... Uh, uh, Zebra's abilities would also have to be the most interesting to me as well. I mean, because he can kill things with the, with the sound of his voice. I mean, that's... It's pretty badass. Yeah. Plus, he could do like a, a echolocation map. Yeah. Yeah. And his powers are also very practical too, which yep. I also like. He's the most useful guy to have around, even though they, not all, because I can't remember Coco having it, but both he and Sunny and Toriko can basically make maps and barriers and shit based on their own sensibility. I don't think I'm not sure if Coco's ever done something like that, but he can only um he can't do things like long range. He can make armor and he can add his poison to zebras' sound barriers and stuff. And he the only his sensory like heightened sensory ability is sight, so he can see like electric magnetic magnetic waves and stuff like that. Well, I mean, that's about it. I mean, he also has. Um, I, I don't. I'm not sure if he uses it too much anymore. But I think way earlier in the series, he could, he used to be able to shoot poison out of his fingers. Oh, yeah, he still does that, but it's like the last time I saw him use it, it was like a cannon instead of like something small. Like before, it was kind of like shotgun. Yeah. And then now it's like cannons, and then arrows, and spores. Like he can make spores and dolls, and he is so innovative. <laughs> With all his powers stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, who's your favorite King Beaky? As I have to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know why. I don't know. How, I I keep thinking like, how did it happen? <laughs> um. 
Because originally it was Coco, because in the beginning I wasn't really into Tariko himself. I was just like, okay, this guy's like ridiculous. He's really silly. Like, whatever. And I, I wasn't even really into Bara at the time either. So I was just like, I don't appreciate these muscles. <laughs> but then um, Coco kind of faded out because he was doing his own thing. And um, it was mostly like Tariko and Kamatsu together. And then Ice Hell happened. And I guess, like, after getting, like, buttered up by Tariko being nice to Terry and, like, bonding with Terry, I started liking Tariko more. And then I think the real moment besides when Tariko punched um, Tommy Rod without a fist was when, um, what's his name, Match took off his shirt as if it was going to fit. And he was just like, here, take my shirt. And Tariko's like, no, bro. I'm good. You stay right here. And it was like this moment where like match, it was like a shoujo moment. It was like the ice was glistening and Tariko's eyes were all like moe and gooey, like shiny. And he was like, he was like holding match close and he was like, you're good. He was like, I can do this without a shirt. And I was just sitting there like, wow, he's actually pretty awesome. And then ever since like he went off on Tommy, I was just like, I love this guy. He's my favorite of all time. And then it just felt like I was I threw myself into a pit and I'm never going to get out of it cuz I don't know. I feel like even though he he can be kind of boring in comparison cuz he's he's basically just um he punches everything to death. It's like he doesn't I don't think he uses knife and fork as much as he used to. Oh, not at all. And I wish he did because that's the thing that I love cuz when he like it's not, like, you know how people, like, I know it's not polite, but, like, you scrape your knife and the fork together, and it makes that ting-ting. Yeah. When he did that with his hands, I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world, like. No. I was like, oh, my God. And then he, when he can snap his fingers and light stuff, I mean, it's not like his hand is on fire, but he can spark things. And it's just like, I'm just looking at him like, oh, my God, he's so cool. <laughs> I don't know how, like. Just typical, like, stuff. I don't know why. It just makes him better than, like, my old anime husbands. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think the only thing I hate about him, like, I genuinely hate, is the orange jumpsuit that he wears. Yeah. Like, I wish I could burn it. <laughs> Everything else I'm, like, cool with, like, he randomly, like, he's really smart. And then, like, he's, I don't know. I tried to write about it before. I'm like, what is it about him? I think because he just doesn't care about certain things. Like he's so he's carefree and like really positive all the time, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of like a protector for people. So like he protects Kamatsu. Like before he didn't care. He's just like make sure you write your will, you know. <laughs> and now it's just like I'm gonna protect him no matter what. You know, I got your back, the kind of thing. And then like he's just like this. This big brother, like, sometimes a dad kind of person. <laughs> and it's just, like, even though he's he's not always serious. And it's just, like, I don't know. I just love that. <laughs> and then, um, what else? I don't know. He's, he's just him. <laughs> oh, my God. What else does he do? Just, just the stuff, like, his philosophy about, like, eating. Like, before, it's, like... When you first meet him, like, oh, he's going to eat everything and, like, he's just going to kill stuff for no reason because he's reckless. But then he's like, I don't kill things unless I'm going to eat them. 
And he's like, I eat the whole thing. I don't waste anything. I honestly thought that was probably the coolest thing about him when I first started reading the series. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Because, like, I feel like a lot of people have asked me, like, does he eat people? Because, you know, he eats everything. <laughs> and I was just like, do you, do you want me to, like, rip your face off right now? Like, <laughs> he's not a cannibal. Like, Zebra says that he, he'll eat people, and I'm not sure... Sh- uh, I'm pretty sure if he if he was mad enough, he would. But, like, no. You see this guy smiling extra hard, always smiling and be, trying to be, like, he's just... I don't think he means to be charismatic, but then he is. Oh, but Beaky, obviously, that's the smile of a serial killer. Don't you know? <laughs> I mean... Well, like, anybody who intentionally cuts off their face... I think is a serial killer. Yeah, with Zebra. I think it would be it would be safe to assume that this person is okay with the murdering of women, small children, (laughs) puppies, kittens, lizards, birds, (laughs) anything really. Anything edible. Because if you if you could go so far as to take a knife. Stick it in your face, which is... He might have used his bare hand, you know. Listen, don't make it worse. But I mean, (laughs) if you're going to take a knife, stick it into the part of your body that's the closest to your brain, which is the thing that keeps you alive, and intentionally hack off part of it, you're probably pretty close to insane. Oh my god. I wonder when Zebra did that. When? Obviously nobody was there. When? Because, like, I I feel like with Zebra being the person that he is, he had an audience. <laughs> I feel like the conversation is it's one of two things. It was a drunken dare that he later passed off as, oh, you know, this is good. I'd be able to use my voice better. Either that with the other kings and just things spiraled horribly out of control before <laughs> someone could stop him. Or just like some dude was just like, man, you won't even cut off your face and you want to talk about doing this. And he's just like, oh, yeah. And just and the guy's just like, that wasn't even the words that I intended to come out of my mouth. I wanted, really wanted to say was like, you wouldn't even put $50 down on this. <laughs> and somehow you wouldn't cut your face open came out. I'm sorry. You know, I'm bleeding from your face. I don't know how to help you. I'm going to just go. Oh my god. And the thing is, like, I don't know. If the kings were around, I guess Sonny would have just left. He just got <laughs> up and left. But Tariqa would have been like, if they were drunk altogether, and Tariqa probably would have been laughing. <laughs> Didn't realize what was going on. Oh my god. Oh god. I feel like Coco would be the sad drunk. If he allows himself, yeah. He probably would. But he says that if he if he drinks, his poison gets out of control. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I was just want them to like just hang out and not have their lives hanging in the balance. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to Tariko, I don't, I can't really pinpoint like hard facts about why I like him besides Icehell with the like how mad he looked. He was just enraged, and then. On the flip side, how sweet and kind he was to match. And then, um, oh, and when when they went to go get Zebra, 
and they were in they were on the the cruise ship thing and um he he asked Coco once and Sunny to accompany him and he like smiles super hard and they're just like no like immediately no I was just like oh my god <laughs> I don't know what happened it's just like I can't even mm. <laughs> I just look at him and I'm like oh my goodness so cute <laughs> even when he makes horrifying faces I'm like so cute <laughs> oh my god it's terrible I guess that's all I mean that I can go about say on here without getting out of control okay Jeez. <laughs> I mean yeah I just wish I had more people who had something to say about Sonny cause I I do like him I think like if I could rank the kings it'd be obviously Tariko's number one and then Coco is sometimes second, and then he switches with Zebra. Like they're tied for second, and then Sunny's like in fourth place. Yeah, me personally, I'd rank Coco number one. Sunny, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like I like Sunny. Don't get me wrong, I just don't like him as much as Coco. But I'd I'd still put him, uh, I'd still put him second place, and then I don't really know, I don't really know who who I'd put for third because. I mean, I've never really had much of an interest in Toriko. As much as, as much as I like certain points about his personality and as many cool moments as he had, as he has. Um, sometimes I like Zebra a little bit more, but it, it kind of switches. So, for me, Toriko and Zebra are kind of tied. I would say probably um, Zebra, Coco, and then Toriko and Sunny tie for last. That's so funny how we all have two kings that we like and we can't choose. <laughs> we can't choose who, who gets third, so they're just tied. Third or fourth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I guess I mean, Sonny's, Sonny's really cool, though. I mean, he has really cool abilities. I mean, let's be honest. He has strands of hair that can go inside your body. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah, and he got rid of Tanrod. <laughs> exactly. Though I was hoping that I mean, it's interesting because I was thinking Toriko and Tanrod would have a fight, but then him and Starjun fought. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of sad to see Tanrod go, but at the same time, I'm not really sure what else there would have been to him if he had gone on. Yeah, he was a mess. <laughs> just thinking about it, like he was just. But he was so. Um... I guess I I just. I really liked his abilities, I think. And they they were really um I think more so than anybody else, really horror focused. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think we kinda lost that in terms of someone's abilities and not the fact that really horrifying shit exists in this world. Yeah. So Tommy Rod with the demon insect inside of him was just, yo, what the fuck on so many different <laughs> levels. And for him to die so early on in the story, I think people weren't expecting that. Yeah. Well, we still have Grinpatch if he didn't um, die already off screen. Because <laughs> he was definitely a cannibal. Because he told Tariko when he was leaving, he was like, I'm going to eat Tariko and his dog. <laughs> He's going to suck them up through a straw. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Grinpatch is pretty horrifying. But he, it's like his whole design is horrifying and like kind of in um comparison his power is kind of like not as horrifying like if he if his look wasn't grotesque then his power wouldn't be as disgusting exactly i guess and then tanrod was like 
everything. Because once he was like in murder mode, he had really huge and his teeth are all out. Oh my god. I guess that's it. I mean, there's only four of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I'm just still stuck on like, why do I love Tariko so much? Because lately I just want to beat him up. I mean, I couldn't, but I want to. It's pretty much one of life's greatest mysteries, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. But yeah. I guess that's it. So, so glad we didn't just derail into like weird stuff for once. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, not this time. Um, oh, but that's when, that's when the podcast is most fun, though, in my opinion. <laughs> well, if I can, if I find any more doji now, <laughs> <laughs> that one about Kaka and the, the king. Oh my god. <laughs> if it exists yet. But yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> I'm glad that we got feedback, finally, from four different people. So, um, yeah, that's it. There's the Twitter page you could follow and send messages to. It's at Heavenly Kings. And then we have a Gmail. It's heavenlykingpodcast at gmail.com. And um, the Tumblr is just Heavenly Kings Podcast, no spaces or anything like that. And the Ask Box is open, obviously. And the Submission Box as well, if you have more to say. Just say anything. You don't always have to follow what we're talking about. I mean, you could just be like... Well, that Biki girl, she never shuts up or something like that. <laughs> Even though I'm actually kind of quiet. Um, but yeah. I think that's it. Right. So thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.